0: Hi, this is Dave Olson. I'm the senior leader of Heartland Church located in Ankeny, Iowa. I hope the following message challenges, encourages, and ultimately changes you. Thanks for joining us. We are going to tag team, Christopher and I. Uh, So I'm going to make a few comments and I'm going to hand it over to Christopher. But we are in the middle of a series on the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And uh, we've gone every which way to get there. Last week I was talking about the four expressions of the Spirit we see in Scripture. That we drink from the wells of salvation. Then That's in Isaiah. Then John 7, that drink becomes a river that's released from us, which is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then we have, when that happens, we begin to nourish the land around us. It becomes a lush place that literally pulls in the clouds of outpourings which is that third expression, and the fourth expression is the dew of Hermon, which is really unity uh, and is the ultimate that God's moving us towards. But it's very important that we move from salvation into the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Jesus himself told his disciples, these guys had spent three years in Jesus' ministry school. That's a pretty good school. I mean, that, that's the best discipleship track you can ever get in on. They had hung out with Jesus for three years, Heard all his teaching. They, they were with him when he did the miracles. But he told them, he said, listen, guys, don't enter into ministry until you are endued with power from on high. That's the King James Version. Until you receive power. The promise of my Father. He was speaking of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And so there was the receiving of the Spirit in measure and measure in salvation, but the fullness in the baptism in the Spirit. In salvation, we take a drink. In the baptism, we take a bath. We swim in God. And so we are baptized in Him. And so we're going to pray for those of you who have never been baptized in the Spirit this morning to receive the baptism in the Spirit. Uh, and we'll pray for you if you want to refill. Uh, you want to be refilled with the spirit refill that 's the yeah, there are free refills in the kingdom hallelujah've got the, you are the cup and uh, so we 'll we'll pray for that as well, but we especially want to pray for those who have never been baptized in the spirit. so I want two things very quickly to address and then i 'm going to hand it to Christopher uh, Number one, I had someone ask me last week, is tongues the is, is it always the initial physical evidence of the baptism in the Holy Spirit? Well, it depends on who you ask. Uh, now, you, So I'm, that person asked me as your pastor, I was, we, had a, we had a newcomer's class yesterday, and I told the class, it always makes me nervous when someone says, Pastor, what do we believe? Well, if i got to tell you what you believe, you don't believe it. Yeah. And if that's going to convince you just me telling you, that makes me nervous about you. Because you need to be a, a, a thinker and not just a learner. You don't just unzip your head and say, "Pastor, tell me what to believe. Let God be true and every man a liar." The noble Bereans heard the preaching of Paul. he was a pretty reliable theologian, heard the preaching of Paul, and then they'd go back and they'd, they'd study the scriptures to see if it lines up with what they believe. I share with you my interpretation of Scripture. I'm pretty confident in my interpretation because it's what I believe. But I want you to know, I've adjusted my beliefs over the last 17 years of being a pastor here. And there are things that I preached to this congregation 10, 15 years ago that I no longer believe. Now that should unsettle you a little bit. (laughs) But it should also drive you to go to the Word and check out what the Bible says. Okay? So, I know of people that have had received the baptism in the Holy Spirit with tremendous power and began to function in spiritual gifts, but have never spoken in tongues. My personal opinion is that everybody that is baptized in the Holy Spirit can speak in tongues, but they don't always necessarily do so. I remember Randy Clark telling me about a guy. uh, It was one of Heidi Baker's young uh, protégés, uh, Famous guy, forget his name now, but uh, some of you will remember his name. One of her main sons. He has seen like six people raised from the dead at that time. Tremendous uh, ministry of signs and wonders, had seen the dead raised. But when Randy began to interview him, saying, What happens when the dead are raised? Do you speak in tongues over them? He dropped his head in shame and looked at his feet and said, No, Randy. Randy said, What's the matter? He said, Randy, I've never spoken tongues. Now, here's a guy who's raised the dead but never spoke in tongues and feeling bad about it. Randy said, we can take care of that right now and let him into his prayer language. But here's a man that was obviously had a you know, tremendous impartation of power, the baptism in the Holy Spirit. The baptism in the Holy Spirit is not a goal. It's a gateway. It is the entrance into the Spirit-filled life, and it's the avenue through which the manifestation gifts we find in 1 Corinthians 12 and 14 are released in our life. So those supernatural Pentecostal charismatic gifts uh, of the Holy Spirit, uh, you know, words of knowledge, words of wisdom, prophecy, discerning of spirits, uh, uh, you know, tongues, interpretation, prophecy, these these types of gifts, uh, working of miracles, they are uh, released in our life through the baptism of the Holy Spirit in a very real sense. When we get the gift of life, we get like one of those little Russian uh, egg people, you know, you open them up and there's another little egg person in there, you open them up and there's a gift within a gift within a gift. Uh, In a very real sense, when God gave you his gift of life, he gave you gifts that are innate to your personality. We find those gifts in Romans 12. They're activated through the grace of God, but they're already resident within you. Those are the gifts of the Father. But when you open that gift, there's the gift of the Son, which is salvation. And with that comes access to the five-fold ministry gifts of apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. But when we open that gift, there's another gift. You open that one. It's the gift of the Spirit. And it's the manifestation gifts found in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 12 and 14. And so, uh, because... A lot of times, the reason I I want to address this is a lot of times people get so hung up on a prayer language that they literally get a mental block and aren't able to receive from God. Jesus didn't say go and didn't tell his disciples, tarry until you've spoken in tongues. He said, tarry until you've received power from God. Say, well, how will I know? I'm telling you, if the power of God has come upon you, you know, okay? (laughs) Okay. Now, the fact is, you can speak in tongues. Those gifts come with the Holy Spirit. Just like you can also prophesy and heal the sick and and those gifts are resident with the Holy Spirit and we need to believe for those and there's practical things we can do to train people. We've had healing schools. We've had prophetic schools and those are legit. You can learn to flow in those gifts but you can also learn to speak in tongues in the sense, I'm not talking about you memorize the language. I'm talking about you understand how to yield to the Holy spirit and, and receive a prayer language it's one of the crucial elements to this it, the old timers used to say this the baptism in the holy spirit's like a pair of shoes the tongues come with it well i, I believe that in a sense okay the tongues come with it but the decide i know that was pretty bad i'm here all week the uh it says very explicitly in scripture that they spoke as the spirit gave utterance it takes your vocal cords, your tongue, you have to cooperate, and you speak out the utterance, the articulation of a language you do not understand. You speak that out, and it's a partnership. And, and just as a side note, the ministry of the Holy Spirit is always a partnership with man. We can get in the weeds of this. Let me just throw this out and you can chase this down. Romans 8. There are two intercessors in that passage. There's Jesus at the right hand of the Father praying for us, and there's the Spirit praying for us with groans that cannot be uttered. So there's the intercessor, of Jesus and the intercessor of the Spirit. Jesus, as the intercessor, is outside of me externally, and I am the subject matter of his intercession. And that is always the case. The the ministry of Jesus is always outside of me with me as the subject matter. He died for me, okay? I was the subject. I was the target of his ministry. Whereas the Spirit... The nature of the, the ministry of the spirit is a partnership. It's an internal where I am the vehicle of his ministry. With Jesus, I'm the subject. With the spirit, I am the vehicle. With Jesus, I am the I receive his ministry. With the Spirit, I cooperate and participate, and there's a partnership. So when the, when the Spirit is is praying. It's my vocal cords, my tears, my groanings, but it's him empowering those and giving me the access to that power. Does that make sense? And so it's very, it's very important for us to understand if you have never been baptized in the Holy Spirit and you have never spoken in tongues, when you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, that is one of the gifts that is made available to you, but you have got to cooperate with it and you have to give give language you have to speak as the spirit gives utterance and a lot of times people are waiting around they don't want to fake it and so they don't do anything and they're waiting for the spirit to speak through them and he's not going to speak you are I remember when I was baptized in the holy spirit I was 12 years old we were in a service. My dad's pastored a church up in Burt, Iowa. Anybody know Burt, Iowa? It's a town of six hundred people. Yahoo! Hee-haw. It was a little bitty town, and my dad had pastored this church in a little old movie theater. The left hand or the right hand wall was the left hand wall of the bar. So on Thursday nights Bible study, we'd sit by the bar bar wall so we could hear the music while dad taught the Bible. Is a little old church, and we had this little, there's a little gal that, that would go to Texas every year during the winter, and she'd come back in the summer, and she would play on an upright piano, dun, 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 the mute. I'm telling you, if you could worship in that church, you were really saved, okay? And uh, <laughs> one night, we're in, we're in worship, and the glory came down. All I remember is my dad said, you can be seated, and I thought, seated? I am about to be raptured the power of God just came on me as this skinny 12-year-old kid. And I was worshiping, oh, Jesus, I like to- oh, Jesus, I love you. To- I thought, man, I am so excited, I can't even talk. Jesus, I love you. To- oh. And my dad said, you made me seated. I said, seated? I'm like, I'm going to put a hole in the ceiling. About two years later, I go to Bible camp, and they say, if anybody wants the baptism of the Spirit, come forward. And I ran up. I wanted the baptism of the Spirit. Oh, Jesus, I like, Lord, I man, I'm so excited. It's happening again. I can't talk. I was trying to slow myself down, and the evangelist comes up. He said, boy, you got it. Put his hand out. I thought, got it. I've had it. I just didn't use it. (laughs) And I think that's the testimony of a lot of people, that they get so caught up in thinking that this is going to be something that comes on me and there's no cooperation on my part that they end up inadvertently resisting the Holy Spirit and they don't move into all that he has for them. And so we're going to lay hands on you this morning. We're going to release the Spirit and the the Holy Spirit, the power of God is going to come upon you and you're going to be submerged. I want to encourage you, begin to speak out in worship and many of you will speak in tongues. But it's not going to be a language you understand. And, and essentially, it's like your tongue begins to speak a different language. And your mind, that's why Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, I will pray with my spirit, but my mind will remain unfruitful. That's what he says. So praying in, with your spirit, praying in tongues, is praying with your spirit. It, and it doesn't make sense to your mind. And you have to say, mind... You're going to wait humbly outside while I go into worship. And then you worship. And then you come back and pick your brain back up. Okay, we're ready. But you're going to be now under my influence and not the other way around. All right? Going to keep you in your place. And we bring our mind. Okay? So that's, that's what it means to be a spirit-led man or woman rather than a soulish person. Okay? So I wanted to touch on that real quick. The other thing I wanted to touch, I want to read you a couple of verses. And... Uh, Galatians chapter 3. Christopher, why don't you come on up here? You foolish Galatians who has bewitched you. You're thinking, Pastor, that's a little harsh. Where are you going with this? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. Paul is addressing the Galatians who got into legalism. They felt like they were earning things with God. And he asks them this Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? You don't earn the baptism in the Spirit. In, it is in Christ. When you've received the gift of salvation, you receive that gift. It's, it is the, it's a potential gift for you to receive, it's already paid for. And Paul is very explicit. You don't receive the Spirit by obeying the law, you receive it as a gift. Through faith, you believe for it. That is why in the Old Testament, remember where Moses, the Lord told him, strike the rock, and he struck the rock, and the water flew flowed. Paul says that that rock was Christ. The striking of the rock was the crucifixion, and the crucifixion of Jesus opened the floodgates of the river of God, the Holy Spirit, to flow upon the body. That was the picture, and that's why Moses was disciplined by God Why the second time he struck it again, because he was misrepresenting God by saying Christ had to be crucified afresh for another outpouring of the Spirit. He only needed to be hit once. And from then on, Jesus, Aunt Calvary, purchased every outpouring of the Spirit throughout eternity. It's all in that finished work. And so we receive it by grace. We receive it by faith. And because I I, I really felt this morning that there's some of you that have already disqualified yourself and thinking, well, I'm not... I'm not, you know, I I struggle with this or I, you know, this and that and have all these reasons and the enemy wants to disqualify us from the gift that Jesus already paid for. It's a gift. It's not a wage. Amen? All right. Christopher.
1: Thank you, Pastor Dave. How many are grateful for this man of God's teaching from the Word of God? We are blessed to have the senior pastor that we have. And uh, as his younger little brother, I, you know, tell him stuff like, hey, you put the senior in pastor, you know, kind of thing. But he really is uh, a great teacher. For those of you who have uh, not been here for the last few weeks, I want to encourage you. Today what we're doing is just a a lot more um, practical, dealing with uh, just what he talked about. Uh, like when it comes to the point of receiving from the Lord, uh, how to posture your heart, your mind to receive. Uh, for the last few weeks, those of you who have been here, you know that there's been very clear line upon line teaching from the Word of God, even with PowerPoint, mind you, amazingly. And so uh, if you haven't had a chance to, to hear that, I want to encourage you to get the podcast and go back and listen to that. It's a very thorough teaching from the Word of God. Um, today, uh, because we want to jump in the flow and just receive, uh, directly from the Lord, uh, we're we're not as uh, heavy and just jump into the Word. So just to, uh, I want to f- share a few thoughts, and then we're just going to invite His presence to come, and we're going to receive of Him. Um, some of you uh, know that uh, back in April, I had the privilege of going to Sri Lanka, um, to my shock, and, I'm, and a lot of people are like, Sri, Sri Lanka, where is that, what is it? And uh, it's right off the coast of India. A lot of people didn't know about Sri Lanka until about a week after I got back because then it gained uh, recognition around the globe because of the terrorist attacks. And so – but I was ministering at a youth slash young adult conference there. And uh, the main theme, mostly what I was speaking on, was the – Spirit-filled life, being baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit. And so the last night that I spoke, I spoke on the new wine of the Spirit, and uh, 46 different young young people were baptized in the Holy Spirit, received their prayer language. It was a phenomenal time. Um, There was about, I think, 16 young people or so that got saved, that came to Christ, and their backgrounds were comprised of this, atheist, Buddhist, and Muslim. Um, I thought that was pretty cool. I like that. Um, so, um, but I want to encourage you, continue to pray for the Sri Lankan church. Some of those young people that came to the the conference, they went back home. Um, and one of them were from a, one of the groups of young people were from a church that was attacked, that was bombed and had people murdered by the terrorists that were connected to ISIS there at church. Um, before that, a few weeks before that, I was in Alaska and I was speaking at a little tiny, like out in the middle of nowhere, in this, in this, uh, on this island uh, in Alaska, for this little tiny church uh, that's a non-denominational church. And the idea is is that the town is so small, they're like, "Hey, we we're not going to split up and all have our own church because if we do, we'll each have a church of one or two people." So it's like, we're going to bend together and we're just going to have church, even though we're from there, all these different denominations are represented. So it's not a charismatic, it's not a Pentecostal church. Um, but they invited me in for some reason, <laughs> uh, and, but they were like, hey, we know that there's more and we know that the Holy Spirit wants to give us more power. We don't know what all that looks like. We don't understand all, but we know that we need the power of the Holy Spirit. And so... Uh, I tried to be very gentle with them, and by the grace of God, I, I was. But then the, la- the very last night, I spoke on uh, the Holy Spirit, our need for the presence, person, and power of the Holy Spirit at work in our lives. And that last night, um, just welcomed the Holy Spirit to come. And uh, after teaching, on and the Lord pointed out to me before the service, a young gal, probably around 30, um, who had just been coming to the church for several months, maybe a year at the most, and did not come from a Christian background at all. Was not raised in church. Everything was brand new to her. Okay? and uh, But the Lord told me to pray for her first. And uh, so after I got done preaching, just to welcome the presence of the Holy Spirit, I called her out into the aisle, laid hands on her, prayed over her. Um, she went out and fell out, which that like never happens in that church. At least it didn't then. And uh, she was out on the floor um, for a long time. Um, part of that time, slightly trembling, um, later on laughing and weeping. Um, finally, over an hour later, when I finally left the church, I walked out and she was still laying there and pretty much the whole church left that night and went home and just left her laying there on the floor. I when I finally got to Seattle the next day to contact and find out, Hey, what happened? Um, they said that she was on the floor. I'm not sure. It was somewhere between two and three hours that she was out under the power of God. And uh, when she got up, she spoke of the love of God touching her, this incredible joy that she experienced. Never felt peace like that before, and how God ripped hate out of her heart, and she felt like God had delivered her from hatred. Um, She was able to forgive people that had wounded her in her childhood. Don't you love that? Don't you love what God does? I love that. And I don't know about you, but I want more of that. I think God is really, really good at multitasking. He knows what we need. He knows exactly what we need, okay? He's a really good God. Um, In that same context, in that same service, a young boy, I, I just felt a letter of the Lord to say, hey, kids that are being touched by God, if you feel God stirring something in your heart, I want you to come forward. So a couple of young kids came up front, and this one young boy, he's crying. I mean, he's, I think, like preteen, at the oldest 14, somewhere between like 11 and 14. And he's up front. He's crying. I lay hands on him. He's just weeping. And before I know it, he goes down on his knees, and he's just sobbing. Then he's on his face. His hands are trembling, shaking in the presence of God as he's just sobbing. And I mean, he did this, like, again, when I left the church a long time later, he was still in that position, okay? So it was that way for a long time. He got up later, and from what I'm told, that he just said, I felt so cleansed. He'd never experienced anything like that. He felt so different. Now, he didn't, there was no evidence that night of him speaking in tongues. I think he could barely speak in any language, actually. But there was no evidence of him speaking in tongues that night. But it was just not even a week later, a few nights later, because God awoke in such a hunger in his heart for God after that encounter, that as he continued to press into God's presence, all of a sudden that prayer language came before he knew what he was speaking in tongues. So I'm going to go back to what Pastor Dave was saying. It's like, do I have to speak in tongues? No, but you get to. Um, I, you know, it's biblical. Jesus said, these signs will follow me. You know, Amongst other things, said speaking in tongues. Now, he says, these signs will follow me. They'll drink poison and, and they'll speak in tongues. Now, I know speaking in tongues is controversial. can be in some places. But you know what? I think it's a whole lot better than the drinking poison thing. That That's the one that weirds me out, okay? Just being honest. Self-disclosure here. Um, so, yeah. So, do you have to speak? Enough? No, but you get to. And the bottom line is just hungering and thirsting for him and pressing into him. And I think the, the main thing that we want to focus in on this morning is simply yielding. Yielding, yielding. That's a lot of what Pastor Dave was talking about. And that is a major portion of not just in receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but how to live a life that is surrendered and saturated by the Holy Spirit, surrendered to the Holy Spirit and saturated by the Holy Spirit. It's a place of yielding. There are people who are like, yeah, bless God. I spoke in tongues back in 1948. Hallelujah. Really haven't done anything since then. But listen, it is an updated thing. I'm no Greek expert. By any means. But my understanding of Ephesians 5 is it doesn't just say be filled with the Spirit. It says keep being filled. The original Greek, what it's talking about is continuously being filled with the Spirit. It's not just a one-time thing. It's not back in 1948 or even 1998. It is continually being filled with the Spirit. It's a lifestyle of yielding yourself to the Holy Spirit. He's really, really good to do that. And so... I, I want to, uh, I only have one verse to read that I'm going to do in just a moment, but um, I just want to share real briefly. Uh, I know a lot of us, I'm, I'm thankful for being raised in a Pentecostal church. I'm thankful that little church in Burt that they've described that our dad was a pastor of. I'm grateful for that heritage, okay, being raised uh, by the Pentecostal parents. But I know a lot of us don't come from Pentecostal backgrounds. I look around this room and I know there's a lot of you that do not come from Pentecostal backgrounds. There's a Lutheran over there. I'm looking, um, um, I'm seeing John, one of our elders in the front row, Catholic background. All these different backgrounds that are represented here. And bottom line is, isn't it so good that God's not looking down from his throne and going, I can touch you and I can touch you, but not you, because you're not, you know, you're from a different denomination. God's not looking through that lens. I, I understand why we have them from our limited perspective, but God is so much bigger than that, okay? And he just, he responds to humble, hungry hearts. When we're thirsty, he'll come and fill us, okay? And beyond any denominational label. He just loves to fill hungry, thirsty hearts, amen? So... Um, uh, my wife, for example, we, her and I were just talking this morning when she was a little girl, she was raised in a, in a, in a evangelical church where her parents were taught. I remember having this conversation with her parents a few years back where, I mean, they were taught, I mean, tongues is of the devil. And it, it almost like it got the picture, but they would drive by Pentecostal churches and it's like, plead the blood, <laughs> man, p- pray for protection. Cause that junk, that twisted junk is going to jump on you. If you drive too close to the Pentecostal church, I mean, almost that extreme. Okay. Okay. Like, wow. But then her parents were gloriously baptized in the Holy Spirit, spoken of the tongues. And then she was talking about her own experience being baptized in the Holy Spirit when she was 12 at a camp and what that was like and just the principle of yielding to the Lord. But when I was six years old um, at that little church in Burt, I don't remember the bar music. Uh, that Pastor Dave talks about. But at that li- at that little church, I was six years old. My mom at the time had been talking to me about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And she, at home, she was talking to me about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the need for that. And then one night we're at church and she said, would you like to go forward? Because my dad opened up for prayer. He said, would you like to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? And uh, I said, sure. Because this was my theology at six years old. I thought, I don't really know what the baptism of the Holy Spirit is. I just know that if it's supposed to be from God, and God is good. Therefore, the baptism of the Holy Spirit must be good. hope that theology is not too complex for you. But that was my theology, and it hasn't changed a whole lot since that day. God's a good God, okay? Jesus said, hey, if you ask for a gift, he's a good father. If you ask for the Holy Spirit, he's not going to give you a scorpion. He's not going to give you a snake, okay? So don't worry about deceived as long as your heart is yielded to him, and you, you just want him. Don't worry about being deceived. Just yield your heart to him. And so he's a good father. He's going to give good gifts. He'll give the Holy Spirit. And so I went forward, and, uh, and you know I've heard of so many stories of different ways people have been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Obviously, up front, um, uh, during a prayer time, people laying hands on them. Okay? I know of people in this church who have been baptized in the Holy Spirit during worship, kind of like Pastor Dave was talking about. I know of a, a Baptist minister who years ago got really hungry for God, was fat on a 40-day fast, and was walking through a grocery store. So that in itself is kind of challenging, but he was baptized in the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues like an aisle nine or whatever, okay? He's very creative. People who come forward in a meeting to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit walked away going, oh man, I didn't speak in tongues, I'm disappointed. And then they're driving later on that day, driving home or whatever, and break forth in tongues. God's so creative. He's bigger than all that. But that particular night, My mom, she she told me, she gave me, it's not not a formula. There's not a formula for being baptized, but there are principles. And she just told me that night, she said, Christopher, I want you to just lift your hands, and I want you to tell Jesus how much you love him. And I remember getting down. I'm pretty sure I was on my knees, but I lifted my hands, and I just began to tell Jesus, I love you. I love you. Jesus, I love you so much. You're so good. Jesus, I love you. And I just began to weep as his presence came and settled on me. And I just began to lavish my love on him. And after a while, I finally stood up a few minutes later. And everybody else from the church was gone. They went home. Except for my family. Thankfully, they stayed around for me because I was only six and I couldn't have found my way home. (laughs) But I get up. And a few minutes later, and I realized that two hours had gone by. To me, it was a few minutes, but it was two hours. And somewhere toward the end of that time, there was um, this other language that just kind of bubbled up on the inside of me and began to speak out. I began to pray in tongues. And we went home late that night, and the whole way home, I told my parents, this is the most exciting night of my life. My entire six years, this is the greatest night of my life. I can't wait to get to school tomorrow and tell my teacher about it. And they're like, I'm not sure they're going to really understand. And, uh, but I remember we got home that night and I just walked around our dining room table just praying in tongues. I was so happy. Not because of any kind of spiritual badge, it was just, wow, I encountered the presence of the living God and this is amazing. He's so good. He's such a good father. He's a good father. He wants to give good gifts to his children. I'm going to ask us to stand, and I want to read this verse out of Isaiah 55. And I'm going to read it. This this is the Bible that Sherry Phillips gave me, uh, that, pa- that Pastor Bob had, at NASB, that she wanted to give me. A lot of you remember Pastor Bob was a Baptist, and then he got filled with the Holy Spirit. And... So I'm going to, and he loved the NASB, and I'm going to read this passage just like it's written here, uh, here in the NASB. Chapter, Isaiah 55, verse 1. Ho, everyone who thirsts. Come to the waters, and you who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why do you spend money for what is not bread, and your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me, and eat what is good, and delight yourself in abundance. Here's what I love about that. It's an invitation for us to come to him. Pastor Dave just mentioned, some of you feel disqualified. You're like, I don't know that I'm qualified. Look, he always responds to hunger and humility. That's the bottom line, hunger and humility. And so when he says here, he says, you have no money, come buy and eat. You could look at your life and go, that's me spiritually, man. I ain't got nothing. I'm not like this person. I'm not like Pastor Dave. I'm not like that person. I don't know that I'm qualified. Look, even if you feel broke, that's what I love because there's no earning. I don't earn the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We get saved by grace, and it's grace from beginning to end. There's no earning at all. It's grace from beginning to end. And all we do is yield and cooperate with the Holy Spirit. So I want us to close our eyes right now. Pastor Dave, if you would join me up here. Holy Spirit, we just welcome you we welcome you. Precious Holy Spirit, would you come and fill us afresh? Jesus Christ is our Savior, our King, our Lord, our Healer, and our Baptizer. We thank you. And Lord, we don't, it's not about us earning anything. You paid the price for us at Calvary. You said, come, you have no money. Come, eat and drink of me. You reiterated in John 7, come to me if you're thirsty, come and drink. Whew. Whew. Right now, if you want God to just fill you, I'm asking you to just lift your hands to him. We're going to invite people forward in just a second but you get to do business with god right where you're at because more than where you're positioned in this room there's the position of your heart before
0: god oh hoo, hoo,
1: hoo, hoo, man hoo, i feel the anointing just beginning to fall like rain
0: <laughs>
1: hoo, i feel that raindrops of the anointing beginning to fall Oh. oh, Just open your mouth and he'll fill it. Just open up your heart, he'll fill it. More. 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 There's an anointing that's beginning to fall in this room. Oh, I bless you right now. Oh, there's a hunger that, there's a thirst that's being awakened. The only thing that qualifies us is the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ by His blood. That's it. Oh, He responds to hungry, humble hearts. If you're thirsty, woo, come and drink. Come and drink. Right now. Right now. Right now. Some of you, it's like raindrops from heaven. There's, There's... Gotas de la unción del Espíritu Santo Que está cayendo sobre ti Gotas de la presencia de Dios Que está fluyendo en este lugar Que está cayendo More, more, more Just let it come, just let it come Yield to the promptings of the Holy Spirit allow yourself to be saturated and when you feel that begin to bubble up on the inside ho 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 ho, ho. then just flow with him uh, we drink of you we drink of you. Oh, everyone who thirsts, Hallelujah. come Hallelujah. to the waters, Hallelujah. even if you have no money, Thank come Lord. by Lord. and Thank eat.
0: You, Lord.
1: More. 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 Thank you, Lord. More. Thank All you, over Lord. this room. Hallelujah. More. More. Hallelujah. More. Uh, More. More. Oh. More. Oh. So.
0: Has made Himself so available. Hallelujah! Thank You, Lord! Thank You, Lord! Hallelujah! Brian Marlat, why don't you come forward? The Spirit of God's all over you. Amber Rook, come come up here. I'll tell you what, the Spirit of God is all over you. Hallelujah! Just keep pressing and just keep worshiping the Lord. Hallelujah! John and Roger, would you guys come up here and just begin to minister to these two? Yeah. Amber, there's been a hunger in your heart that God is God has birthed and He's about to take you into things you've longed for. Ah.
1: His spirit is here to answer to, 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 to fulfill the longing of every hungry-thirsty heart. But for those of you who are like, you know what? I've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit with the prayer language. I've never spoken in tongues. You want to receive that this morning. I'm just going to ask you right now to just come and line up over here on my left. Just line up over here. And we're just going to ask God to come and fill you. We bless what he's doing all over this room. but I'm just going to ask you to come right now. It doesn't have to be weird. It doesn't have to be awkward. It's we're coming before a really good God who's an amazing father. And he wants to give
0: good gifts to his Hallelujah. children. Yes. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to help more people hear this message, you can get the word out by subscribing and sharing it on social media. If you'd like to support the ministries of Heartland Church, you can do so at heartlandchurchonline.com slash give.